0: So when I'm asked what comes to mind um, when someone says, what is addiction? The first thing that comes to mind is we are probably all addicted in one way or another. Um, so I guess addiction is, for me, a go-to mechanism to try and feel better. So perhaps going to a really good cup of coffee in the morning because you still feel sleepy or groggy, perhaps on a very personal level for me, making a lovely pot of tea and then sitting down and savoring that first hot cup it could be an addiction because it's something that happens over and over and over again. And I think the perhaps impetus to engage in the activity is I want to feel differently than I'm feeling right now. And whether that's conscious or not, because I think we engage in many addictions that don't end us up in the hospital and or jail, Um, without really recognizing, oh, I'm wondering if this is an addiction, because I I think addiction has such a negative connotation. That's a word that carries a lot of baggage on the negative side, a lot of judgment.
1: Sure. So is there a flow of energy when an addiction is active? How would you describe the movement of energy when there is an addiction?
0: I think the flow of energy is, I don't like the way I'm feeling. I want to feel differently. In the past, this made me feel better. So that's
1: the the direct personal experience that I don't like the way I'm feeling. That's an indication of an energy disturbance. Would you say something about that?
0: Yeah. It's an awareness of dis-ease, discomfort, dislocation of me from feeling I'm in the right place, doing the right thing in this time? Yes. yes.
1: And so many people who have drug and alcohol addiction <coughs> or they may have some other process addiction, pure addiction like gambling or whatever, you know, there is this resurgence of cravings of wanting this experience again and again. And there is a an experience that occurs when a person is high, you know, in whatever context. What is that experience of being high? What's happening there? And it's a first person experience. You know, so how is energy moving in that situation also? That's the other follow-up on that.
0: Well, this is not my field of expertise, um, but I am thinking that it's a chemical reaction in the body yeah, there's definitely so the neural uh, networks yes, yeah. are opened or closed in a certain way in is
1: which is the, the brain-based notion of, of an addiction yeah yeah right but so so my question to you is regarding the experience
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: the first person subjective psychological experience of saying wow this is really great like the dopamine high
0: yeah
1: that so that experience is very compelling when someone has an addiction, right? And could you say, I don't know what you want to say about this, but there's, there is energy that is moving within the system to create that experience. So could you talk about that flow of energy in relation to the breath work and other things that you've been talking okay. about?
0: Okay, so <clears throat> the high perhaps from... Introducing an external substance or activity right. that produces the high is um, makes us feel better. And yes. this is a very sort of common
1: yeah, that's what people everyday will say. language. Yeah. It
0: makes us feel good. Yeah.
1: Like the dopamine is a feel-good <laughs> chemical, you know. That, yeah.
0: yeah. And my understanding of addiction is that when that happens and you move to doing it or engaging in it more and more and more that the efficacy of the amount or the time engaged in the addiction reduces so you have to do more and more and more and more of it to try and keep the high
1: which is the tolerance effect
0: (coughs) yes so on one level you know, kind of a very rudimentary, everyday language level, it's trying to go outside to make me feel balanced and good Mm -hmm. about who I am. Mm -hmm. And I would say that part of the power of being in a human body with a human brain is that we're looking for something which is natural to us through an unnatural mechanism Ah, That's
1: very powerful. Could you elaborate on that, please? Looking for something that is natural to us. You see, what does that mean when you say that? And then through an unnatural. That's a very powerful statement.
0: Well, I think in some traditions it's called enlightenment. It's called... um, samadhi it's called yeah. whatever it's called yeah. that there's a state of being in which all aspects of us are in alignment are flowing are imperfection mm-hmm. perhaps in perfection which
1: is when a person is high on a substance or it has let, let's say one twenty thousand dollars in a slot machine or something like that there's that feeling of intense euphoria, escape. Things are really awesome. Things are really great. You know, heroin high is like that. So, is that what you're talking about?
0: No. What I, that is, there's a, that intense experience of the high. Yes. Right? And I think that that's an approximation.
1: Yeah. It's not the actual thing that you're talking about, enlightenment.
0: Exactly. Um, and and perhaps there's a way I can use language to make a distinction here, yeah. which is um, many people in their high, um, it's so intense, and that even though it's very quiet, in some cases it's not quite another, but there's this intensity, there's yeah. this big 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 energy burst
1: yes exactly and, It's an energy burst absolutely
0: and and i think that when we look at a newborn human mm-hmm. um who's been fed right and diaper changed that there's this sense of absolute peace mm-hmm. that that I don't personally remember that, but when I see it, when I held my granddaughter in those early days, there was this, yes, feeling in me that this is a part of being human. And in some traditions they talk about, we are all already enlightened, we just don't remember it. So perhaps the newborn still remembers Mm. The experience of an, or, or maybe they don't remember, they just are experiencing. Yeah, they're just in it, that state. Exactly.
1: A state of innocence.
0: Well, a state of perfection.
1: A state of perfection. Right? There's no cluttering of the mind and all exactly, that. Kind of exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no distraction.
1: Which is what people with addictions are looking for.
0: Well, I that? think, yeah, I think we all want to go back to that place. You know, some of us choose education, whether it's education from a faith-based tradition and or education from an academic institution or books or whatever. Other people look for it in maybe perfection in some discipline, say martial arts or, you know, some fantastic ballet dancer trained at the Bolshoi, right? We're all. We know that there's a place of of peace, right? Peace while we're still in a functioning human body with a functioning brain and mind. We know that there's a place, and we're called to it. We just, unless we're born into a tradition that brings that as a part of everyday life, and from the moment. We're born on moms are massaging (laughs) us and telling us, you're God, you have peace, you have stillness within you, right? If that's not a part of where we're born and how we grow up, we have this sense of separateness from perfection. Mm-hmm. And we see the imperfection in the body and the thoughts mm-hmm. and the situations around us because all I have to do is open my eyes and look out the window and I see some people have it better than others.
1: Sure.
0: Right? Sure. And seemingly by accident of birth, the color of their skin, the, the name that they have or the clothes that they wear, some people are treated different than others. Mm-hmm. And so, And yet in our humanness, the human consciousness is the same no matter what the packaging is yes. right?
1: so it's so, so there's a there's a longing for this perfection this yes. this sense of great beauty great enjoyment great well, pleasure I would say peace peace also yeah like shutting down the disturbances of the mind yes which is kind of what happens when a person is high
0: yes exactly exactly and in my um experience in life People will say, you know, I I didn't drink because my parents Mm -hmm. said it wasn't so great, maybe Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. But then, you know, I went to college and everybody was doing it and I did it. And that first time I just felt so good. So like I belonged and everybody liked me and I liked everybody else. But then I started drinking more and more trying to get back to that first experience. And it didn't come, and then all of the bad aspects of drinking too much started kicking in. Why did we want to feel that way in the beginning? I think because that's an essential part of our true nature, but we have to find it within, Mm -hmm. not by adding something external.
1: So what you're saying is that an experience of enjoyment, of pleasure, even without an addiction... All of our life experiences that are positive or enjoyable without harm, they are like glimpses of something much greater, yes. uh, and even people who are pursuing the addictions who are at that who are obsessively pers- pursuing it or you know to their detriment uh, they are they are mis- making a massive mistake mentally psychologically decision wise also thinking that 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 is a way to open that door into uh, un- undiluted joy or
0: yes mm-hmm. so so in our humanness i think we all want to go back to that state yes. right and maybe it's not if if these other traditions are accurate it's not going back to it it's getting through the cloud of forgetfulness mm-hmm. that this is who we really are but and yeah. so we mm-hmm. ad- addiction is as you beautifully put it a mi- and A bad mistake. or Not a mistake. A bad choice or a mistake in the choice of the path we follow Mm -hmm. to get to that state. It's
1: like the search for the right thing using the wrong method.
0: Yes, exactly. So in that sense, the judgment of somebody who's suffering with an addiction is inappropriate because they're just trying to get to the place that... I think intrinsically, we all want to get to. I think that perhaps the cells in my body that they tell me renew. Every seven years, I have a brand new body, right? In terms of seven years ago, all the cells are different than they were on my birthday seven years ago. Exactly. That cellular drive to reproduce in the most perfect way is perhaps a cellular manifestation of this drive to reach that sense of perfection
1: right because people who are <clears throat> truly addicted they pursue it relentlessly and so that means that they are perceiving that or experiencing it in such a way as if that is real um, freedom real joy some whatever the qualitative experience is. it is pursued with a phenomenal amount of force
0: yes and and to judge them as bad or weak or yeah, whatever yeah. it perhaps it's just a waste of energy in terms sure. of the judgment, the energy that goes into the judgment. Sure. The people that I have spoken to who um, have to, who deal with addictions tell me that the the greatest gift you can give to someone who is a, in an addiction is to step back and let them experience the consequence of their own behavior. Because yeah. it's the bailing out yeah. that keeps them from experiencing the consequence of the wrong choice. Yeah. I'm calling it a wrong choice. Obviously, they don't think it's wrong if they're making it. But that is going to be the mechanism that helps them Perhaps come to a place where they can see they have that there is in fact a choice, and they don't have to take that next shot of whatever drug they're putting in their body. Or mm-hmm. does that is that? Yeah,
1: yeah sure, sure, definitely. Because there's also a lot of theories about addiction, and some of them will say that it is a brain disorder that is chronic. It is um, uh, a disorder that. Uh, gets worse over time if it's not managed carefully. It is a chronic neurological disorder. And and I'm wondering what your thoughts are with regards to, you know, is is that disorder caused by the mind, the mind causing the problems in the brain? Or is it the brain and its chemical changes causing the experiential problems in the mind? Or is it the same thing? You know, so, so this is interesting with regards to like gambling and sex addiction, shopping addiction, where nothing is really ingested in the system, but the brain is kind of you know, revolving around its own mechanisms and is trapped internally without the addition of a substance. With the, with the drug and alcohol addiction, there's a substance that's, that's ingested, and then the same thing happens you know, due to the substance. Even people who have like a needle high, they'll see a needle and they'll get high seeing the needle. So how much of this is really brain-based as opposed to much more mind-based? And I don't know if you want to say anything about that or not.
0: I I haven't really thought about that enough. Um, There's there's just... um, I think there's a question that bears thoughtfulness in terms of is birth really an accident in the sense of I can remember at some point in my life we were told you have to clean your plate at dinner. No matter whether you like the food or not, you have to clean the plate because there are poor starving kids in Hungary. Right, exactly. Because I have relatives that came from Hungary and different, Mm -hmm. and as a kid, while I was eating something I didn't like very much, I distinctly remember eggplant. The, um, The thought would always come to me, how come I got born here and not in Hungary? Mm-hmm. right and then as I got older and I found out an apartheid it, you know these other really radical horrible situations I mean we, we can think about Syria today right uh, the, the thought of a pregnant woman running away to try and just be safe enough to give birth to a baby and uh, then try and care for it mm-hmm. it's like oh my god right mm-hmm. I my life is like a queen's life compared to that right. why me here and nice. her there so those are probably more philosophical questions sure. so when i <coughs> reach a point where i can't i don't have enough information sure. about brain versus it, it, mind it, it's
1: an enduring mystery even in the addictions field you know I mean, there's a lot of research on all sides of this and uh, the experience of the individual is kind of what I'm getting at because, you know, you have people who obviously have physical health problems because of addictions. Uh, and, and they pursue the, those addictions further and further and further because of the experience that comes and because of the energy work that you're doing in alignment. I was wondering if you could reflect on that or talk about, you know, the, the lack of alignment that happens when an addiction is there. The disturbances in energy flow, the, the qualitative per, first person experiences. I don't know what thoughts you have about any well, of
0: that. Well, my experience is energy work is very personal, so everybody exper- probably everybody experiences every, everything in their own individual sure. way, but certainly their understanding and their experience of the energy is unique.
1: And there's a lot of energy that's used in pursuing an addiction. Even when, it, when a person is high, there's changes in the energy patterns. So many things are going on.
0: So I, at some point... There's individual choice and, and I think in terms of my career in, in, the, in a helping profession, yeah. psychology, um, something keeps coming back over and over again to be aware of judgment when it shows up and not to beat myself up but to just be aware. And to understand everybody's life path is individual to them. And whether we think of karma, whether we think of any any of the more spiritual or faith-based ways to talk about that, that's none of my business. My business is... How am I living my life? How yeah. am I interfacing with the people around me? Sure. And to recognize judgment when it shows up as an energy and not truth. Mm-hmm. Because Even
1: people who are engaged in addictive behavior, it's like a path for them. They're yeah. trying to get somewhere with that.
0: Yes, yes. And, and that, you know, their life, their choice, their energy field, exactly. Exactly. they get to choose what to do with it. <laughs> And and of course and, and we I go back now to something we talked about in another um, session, yeah. which was agency in our own right. lives, and so I allow each person to have agency in their life. It may be so sad to me in what I feel like is a wasted life. Yes, spent spending all this vital energy in in pursuing an addiction but on some level that that's not my business
1: right so so a person who is pursuing these things drug and alcohol or whatever it might be it's a kind of a path that they've chosen and they do suffer most people with the, you know true addiction there's a lot of suffering that does come about but maybe there is value in in that whole experience for further self-unfoldment.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, you know, a long time ago, early, early in my training, I was talking to uh, a Christian minister. And I don't know what I had said that prompted this response, but he said something about be very careful about judging people because that... Um, and and this dates me in terms of times and places, but he said, you know, the drunk on Skid Row right. in New York, that's just falling down drunk, whatever. He said, be very careful. You have no idea if that body is being propelled by the energy of a soul that was so evolved that they took the lifetime of somebody else who could whose soul couldn't tolerate the kind of pain and misery mm-hmm. that one, they were gonna experience, but two, more importantly, that they were gonna to cause to the wife, the children, the brothers, the sisters, yeah. all the people who love them. So be very careful about judgment. You really don't know what's going on there. Yeah. And I have um, valued that piece of information sure. and used it as a guide.
1: Sure. So, is, so would you say that each person who is struggling with an addiction, that that struggle is something that they have to resolve, ultimately themselves, maybe with aid of, you know, yeah. therapists and groups and AA and NA and, and medications, and so many, you know, aids are there, like medication-assisted treatment, <coughs> so many things are there, but ultimately, the resolution to, quote, the problem of addiction is... From within oneself, what would you say? I would that is- say,
0: absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. I would say that my, and again, this is not my field, of course. but my interaction with somebody who I know is actively struggling with an addiction is to be an interaction from my highest and best yeah. to their highest sure. and best. So, uh, one word for that is my soul to their soul, yes, and if their soul is guiding this particular lifetime in a way that they're really being destructive to the human body, that that's, that's none of my business. Oh,
1: of course, yes. So, so uh, are you saying that it becomes uh, a matter of you know, total personal responsibility yes. to deal with the consequences mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time find out how to come out of the entire Problem itself, and whether it's addictions or obesity or food addiction or or even negative emotion. I mean, uh, I mean a more, much more broader context. So, I mean, I'd
0: yes, really- yes, that that our agency, our locus of control, control is yes, is within us. That that really, I can play a role in which I'm a victim and everybody's making mm-hmm. my life miserable. Right. But if there's going to be any real change in my life, it's going to be because I stand up and say. What can I do to make changes here? Mm -hmm. And so if I can respect somebody's soul and be totally honest with them about the way I see the consequences of their behavior and not bail them out, I think that's a critical thing. This that you're upset or complaining about, help them understand how they created that situation. And they're the only ones that can change
1: it. Would you say that the person's mind through, this, through different desires has created the situation and that has run in so many different directions, but the, the individual consciousness that is not the mind you know is experiencing the situation? Could you make, say something about this?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. This is uncharted territory for me. Just, but, then, me. Yes, the I I agree with the statement about the mind kind of putting a an inner world mm-hmm. together in a way that to the, create the, that experience. The, the decision they've made yes. to do what they've done yes. makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to them. Very much so. I I think also that there is a consciousness yes. that that's more enduring than the mind.
1: Right, exactly. And,
0: and ultimately more powerful than the mind, but it needs to be engaged.
1: It needs to be engaged and to tap into that through awareness and alignment yes. and these other things that you're talking yes. about. So if, if a person actually has a glimpse of that actual consciousness, whatever that may be, would you, would you say that in such a glimpse or in such a state, the, the, the problems of the mind whatever they are, XYZ, whether it's addictions or whatever it might be, these things would really subside or dissipate. Is that a theoretical statement that you well, would make?
0: F- f- I think that once the person has an experience of consciousness, yes. not necessarily enlightened consciousness, but mm-hmm. the consciousness, yes. right, beyond the thoughts, yes. that you begin to have a, a, a shared language, mm-hmm. right? There, because I can talk to you about persimmons all I want, sure. but until you taste a persimmon, we, we can't really have a conversation exactly. about the experience of persimmons. Of course. Right? Right. So, so in that <coughs> moment of consciousness, if the person is able to bring that up and beca- have that be a part of the world that they, that they experience, then you can begin to develop a shared language about what that is and how that might be functioning in my life and your life. And so that opens our interaction in a whole different way.
1: It's like a dimensional jump.
0: Yes, exactly. It's an admission that we are multidimensional beings.
1: Mm -hmm. And the addictive process, the obsessive process, compulsive process was a layer of our so being going
0: on in one dimension in,
1: in, in one dimension of ourself yes and to recognize that it is just one dimension that we can move out of yes is a form of true alignment yes would you say that's the case
0: yes yes i would say that's the case okay.
1: because that's a very powerful word i mean you're, a lot of your work is around alignment and and you know the it, it, addictive processes throw a person out of alignment. And they create something called pathological homeostasis. It's like a new normal, which is a harmful normal. But to reestablish that is, is, a, is a massive challenge. I mean, sometimes yeah. people in addictions feel they'll say that you cannot turn a pickle back into a cucumber. You know, this is one of these things that is the brain has been diseased to such an extent, it's not going to go back to its pre-addiction state. But I, I don't know if that's actually true or not. I don't know what your thoughts are about any well, of that. My
0: thoughts about that are, you're, you're talking about a linear model of um, life in a three-dimensional plane. Yes, exactly. More and more from every field that's really pushing cutting-edge research, they're talking about the quantum plane, Mm -hmm. that plane in which time and space collapses and that the vitality of the life energy itself exists in the quantum plane. And Mm -hmm. so that particular paradigm that you just spoke of Mm -hmm. that's limited to the third dimensional linear time space plane if we are in fact as human beings if the fact that we have this consciousness to reflect on ourselves as agents of being that is a quantum statement and so. so all bets are off that, that mm-hmm. are confined within a third-dimensional plane. There now, is, yeah. This gets very esoteric. No, no,
1: it does. But actually, in the addictions literature, there's something called a quantum change. And I'm glad you mentioned that. There are researchers like Miller and some others who have documented cases of people making rapid progress into an addiction-free life, and they call it a, a quantum <laughs> change.
0: Yes. yes,
1: that's what yes. they call it. But they can't really explain it.
0: Yes well that 's because we're we 're trying I think that that 's what the Western scientific method um, is a third dimensional construct right yes, it is
1: definitely a construct and,
0: and what we forget is that you can neither prove nor disprove any I, I mean you cannot prove anything with the scientific method method you can only have. An accumulating number of instances that disprove your hypothesis, right? Right. And right. the null hypothesis can never be proven,
1: right? Exactly. So,
0: so we forget that. Mm-hmm. So we think, oh, this literature is saying this. Yes. Really?
1: Yeah.
0: You know me, and within what context? Sure. Definitely. So, so I always come back to that, and I think that the more I use the understanding of energy and things being energies it it helps me to move more fluidly from conversations that start in this third dimensional plane but often move into the quantum
1: very much so in that transition to the quantum quantum can very much occur through the breath work you're talking about. Yes. You know Because I think that's the yes. one thing that is directly applicable and understandable, irrespective of how many theories and opinions there may be about the etiology of addiction or whatever it, it may be. But the actual breath work is a, is, is a direct uh, a movement into this uh, yes, state. Yes,
0: you, you change your focus.
1: You change your focus, right, because you're putting attention on the breath.
0: Yes, and putting the attention (coughs) on the breath allows you to see the mind and the thoughts of the mind, but not necessarily buy into them.
1: Right, exactly, because it's a way of separating the activity of the mind from, from the breath, which is usually just all mixed together in the mass of confusion.
0: Yes, Okay,
1: do you have any other uh, comments you want to make about? Thank
0: you for this lovely discussion. Really
1: quite remarkable. This is quite, quite interesting. Uh, Thank you very much, Dr. Burbank.
0: Well.